0: Can anyone tell me what our theme has been for this weekend? Relationships 101, 101. excellent. Alright, somebody want to tell me what the first session was about? Your relationship with God. Somebody tell me something you learned from your relationship with God. He is all-powerful done everything, provided everything that we have, alright, somebody tell me what our second session was about, relationship with your parents, somebody tell me something you learned from that session, okay, honor and obey your parents, now here's a question, is honoring and obeying the same thing, but do they have to go together, yeah, two sides of the same coin, right, you can't obey, without honoring them in your heart well, and you can't honor them well without actually doing what they say and obeying them, right? It's important. Alright, so let me uh, real quick open it up, are there any questions, were there any questions that come up after our last couple sessions, anything about those, Or anything else we said, anything else we talked about in the small group? This is your chance. What was the one you were telling me about a little bit earlier? Yeah, how, how we're going to give an account for our careless words when it comes to the judgment time, right? Alright, so here, there's a little bit aside, but I'll give you a little background, okay? So, when we look to the end, the end of time when Jesus comes and, and sets up his kingdom and all that, we're actually going to see two different judgments, okay? One of them we call the judgment seat of Christ, and one of them we call the white throne judgment, alright? Now, if you are a Christian... You don't have to worry about being judged and being sent to hell because your your sins have been paid for in the blood of Jesus Christ, right? So when it comes to the throne judgment, the great white throne judgment, and Jesus looks in the book of life, if you're a Christian, is your name going to be in the book of life? Yes. So you don't have to worry, and so you will pass on into heaven. But the other one is called the judgment seat of Christ, or sometimes called the bima seat. That's a Greek word for fun. Okay. And that judgment is where we are, even believers, are accounted for the things that we've done, good or bad. We're going to go through, and the Lord will judge our lives. And so that's where we get to, even every careless word and every thought that we've had will be judged. You're like, well, I, I just want to get into heaven. I don't, want all, I don't want all my sinful things to be brought up. But here's the thing. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about how the way that you live your life produces certain things. And it's like you're building a house, and uh, you're building a house with either things that last, like brick and nice gold and jewels, or you're building with things that will burn, like hay and wood. And basically what's going to happen is when we get to that judgment seat, if you haven't done very many things that are pleasing to the Lord, well, the life that you've had was built with straw, and it's going to burn up, and there won't be those rewards for you. You say, well, do I need rewards going into heaven? Well, on one hand, no, you will get into heaven if you are in Christ, but we also know that if you're in Christ, you're going to want to please Him, and you're going to want to live a life that honors Him, and you're going to want to have all those rewards given to you at the end, of, at the judgment seat, so that what? So that you can throw them back at the feet of Jesus and say, this is what I have done for you, praise the Lord, right? So there's two separate things, getting into heaven, and there's the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, um, but that's, uh, that's a little bit of those, okay? Maybe that just ruined everything in your head and just muddied everything up, but maybe it helped, who knows? Okay, and if you want to ask me more questions later, you are welcome to. Or you should uh, you should ask Teagle because he's a pastor now. So, all right, all right. So we are talking about relationships one on one. We talked about your relationship with God. We talked about your relationship with your parents, and what were those parts of the tree? Somebody want to remind me of the tree illustration. The roots in the trunk, and somebody explain to me what what that means, how how that works. Say what? Yeah, so your relationship with God, being the roots, that's what you said, right? Is That's the most important thing. Without having a relationship with God, the trunk and the branches, they're dead, right? You're not going to be able to do those well. You can't have a good relationship with your parents, you can't have a good relationship with your friends or anybody else if you don't have a right relationship with God, because frankly, you're a sinner all the time, no hope of getting any better, okay? Okay. Whereas, you have a good, solid relationship with God, you're honoring Him, the roots are deep, and then your relationship with your parents is going to be thick and strong and healthy so that your family life is good. And now, today, we're going to talk about your relationship with your friends, and so now we're talking about, oh, now you get to branch out and have relationships with other people, okay? And your branches and leaves and fruit can actually be healthy, and you can have good relationships with your friends because you are already honoring and obeying your parents. And having a good relationship with God. All right, makes sense, everybody. There. All right. So this is going to be a little bit different. You ready? I want you to have your notebooks out because you're going to write a few things down. But I really want you to have your Bibles out because we're going to turn to a bunch of different passages. Okay. So this is what you're going to do. Uh, we're going to go and put the theme up, and you can write down the theme. And then you all need to get in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Okay. Because we're going to go through a bunch of proverbs, and this is how it's going to work. You ready? We're going to turn to a proverb. We're going to read it out loud. I'm going to ask you guys what you think about it. What are some observations you have? What do you think that proverb means? And then we're going to talk about what it has to do with being a good friend or a bad friend. Okay? So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about what a bad friend is and what a good friend is and how we see that in the Bible. So the theme is and what our goal is by the end of today, what we're hoping to realize is that you need to be a biblical friend. That's the first part. You need to actually act like a good friend. And then secondly, you want to be around people. You want to have biblical friends. You want to evaluate the relationships in your life. And if you are interacting and hanging out with a bunch of people who are not acting like godly biblical friends, well, you might need some new friends. Okay? So, here we go. So, actually, Matt, if you don't mind, can you just put up the first uh, two headings? Will be What a bad friend is like, and what a good friend is like, and if you can put up the first six of the bad friends, and they'll all be up there, okay? Now, I'm going to put all these up there, so that you can write them down as you have time, but I want you, in your Bibles, turning with me, because we need to look at these Proverbs, okay? So, the very first, the very first key component of someone who is a really, really bad friend, is they reject God's wisdom, okay? They hate God's wisdom, so you need your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to start right there. Proverbs chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 7, okay? And we're going to be in Proverbs this whole time, so you're just going to be flipping back and forth between Proverbs 1 and 12 and 27 and 24 and 12 again, and it's going to be awesome, all right? You Ready? Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, what do you think that proverb means, and why does it relate to bad friends rejecting God's wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. Taylor? Okay. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. What else? Anything else in there? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Why do fools despise wisdom? Do they not want to be wise? Fools despise God's wisdom. Why? Because they think they already are wise. Right? They think they're wise enough already. They don't need other people's wisdom, so they reject God's wisdom. Alright, now look down at verse 22. Chapter 1, verse 22. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded, and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge? What's another thing that we see there in that verse about people rejecting God's wisdom. What does it say there? They hate knowledge. They hate what God has to teach them. So the question is, should you be a friend with someone who hates what God has to say? Why not? Yeah, they're not saying good example for you. They don't They don't think the same way you do if you're a Christian, right? If you're a Christian and the friends that you have all hate God and hate what God has to say and the wisdom He wants to teach us, they're not going to think like you. They're going to be simple-minded and scoffing. All right, flip over Proverbs 14. going to read the first part of verse 9. Okay. Proverbs 14 verse 9. Fools mock at sin. Fools mock at sin. Somebody tell me what you think that means. Think they're better than other people? Okay. What else? okay, so that word mocking has the idea of like scoffing at something, like I don't need that, or it can also have the idea of like bragging about something. So, uh, which one of you was that kept beating me at Gaga Ball yesterday? Yeah, you were the one that's like, get out of my face, little man. I was like, easy, bro. Okay, no, no, no. But when you're winning at something, when you're really good at something, I'm not saying you're easy to like, be really pr- proud of that, prideful, and be bragging about, it. oh, I'm the best at this, right? Fools, people that hate and reject God, they're even willing to brag about the sin that they do. The things that they do that are absolutely contrary to what God says we should do in the scripture. So what happens if you're hanging out with people that are completely, they don't even care if you're sinning ah, whatever, it's fine, it doesn't matter what God says about it Or they're even bragging about how much they sin against God. What is that going to do to your friendship? Is that a good influence on you? Absolutely not. Okay? In Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. Don't turn there. Just write it down. Isaiah 5 verse 20. God says, Woe to those. That's judgment. Judgment on those who call evil good and good evil. And who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. God says he is going to judge people that take what he says is right and they flip it around and try and say it's wrong and take all the things that he says is sin and try and flip it around and say those things are good. He says, if you call good evil and evil good, if you flip what I've said, you're going to be judged for that. In fact, Matthew Henry, he's one of the commentaries, he said, people that make light of sin, like those fools, fools who mock at sin, said people that make light of sin, they make light of Christ, right? Because why did Jesus come? We just sang about it. Why was Jesus here in the first place? Yeah, to make a way for us to be forgiven of our sins. If you're looking at sin and you're mocking that and saying, it doesn't matter what the Bible says, we can do this anyway. You're just making fun of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, right? So, the first characteristic of a really bad friend is they reject God's wisdom. They don't want to know what God says. The second one is they encourage sinful behavior. So, flip over to... Verse uh, chapter 28 Proverbs 28 verse 7 alright you guys all got your Bibles turned in I love it Proverbs 28 verse 7 let's read that one now we're looking at the second half of this okay he who keeps the law is a discerning son but listen to this he who is a companion of gluttons humiliates his father What does that mean? What do you guys think about that one? He who is a companion of gluttons humiliates his father. So because of the way you're acting, they might associate that with who God is and what he's like and what Christians should be doing. Okay? What else? Companion of gluttons is a shame to his father, humiliates his father. William? There we go. So the question is, does it matter what kind of friends you have and what company you keep? The answer is, yeah, someone who hangs out with gluttons. Now, what is gluttony? Does anybody know what that means? Yeah, when you have no self-control over your eating and drinking, right? Well, it's interesting about this word is it could mean that, could mean that specific sin, but it's also just the idea of people that they just think lightly of stuff. They just don't have self-control on all kinds of things. And so they're perfectly happy to eat everything on the table and it doesn't matter, or any other kind of sin, they are someone who just makes rash, impulsive decisions, and they don't care about the consequences, okay? So, if you're a companion with somebody like that, why does that humiliate or put shame on your father? Mmm, yeah, maybe that reflects bad on the parenting. The parents, the parents don't even know what they're doing if these kids are out of control, okay? What else? Yeah, that's the idea, right? Is there a shame because not only do you look like that you might be sinning, but now you are hanging around with all these people, and so that's reflecting on your character, right? If you're happy to hang out with these people who are just making whatever decisions they want, well, how does that look on you? How does that look on Christ? How does that look on your family, right? It matters not only what you do, but also what you're associated with, okay? So we need to be careful on who we're friends with, and that we're not putting our family to shame and even our lord to shame by what we're willing to be associated with okay Proverbs 13 verse 20 13 verse 20 this is a key one all right 13 verse 20 if you if you like to write in your bible or underline you should underline this one because this is a good one okay Proverbs 13 verse 20 He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, real quick, walking, do you think it just means walking? In this case, in this proverb, the answer is no. We're not just talking about walking like we're walking down the street. Okay, In this case, we're talking about walking like what is your normal life? What's your normal pattern of life? What are the habits that you're in? What's, that, what's the path that you're walking down? Okay, So, with that in mind, what do you think Proverbs 13, verse 20 is talking about? He who walks with wise men will be wise, and especially the second part. The companion of fools will suffer harm. What's the idea there? Yeah. The people you hang out with have an influence on you and what you'll become. Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, hanging out with wise people is going to have a good influence. In the same way, hanging out with foolish people will suffer harm. Your your life will come to ruin. Okay? Uh, Chapter 12, the end of chapter 12, verse 26. The righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Okay, so this is, we're looking at the second half again. The way of the wicked leads them astray. What's that mean?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah so the idea of being led astray, it'd be kind of like if you if someone came up and they were like, hey, how do you get to the dining hall? And you could have said, hey, that right there, right? Walk that way, that's the dining hall. Or, you could say, alright, if you go down towards the lake, and you hang a left, and you follow the water line all the way until you get to the big crosses, you come back up towards the road, make sure you don't go past the happiness cabin, okay? Go that way towards, and then they end up halfway down in the woods down there somewhere, wandering in circles, okay? Is that being led somewhere well, or being led astray? What, what if they're wandering around, and they've got lost because they have no good directions, right? That's what it's like hanging out with people that don't like God, that hate God and reject his wisdom. Is they're going to lead you in all kinds of paths that say, hey, this is the way you should live your life. And it's not a straight path towards happiness and righteousness. It's actually just wandering around in circles doing the mess that the world does. Okay. All right. One more for this section. Proverbs 16, verse 29. Proverbs 16, verse 29. entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good a man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good somebody tell me what entices means yeah kind of convince them kind of lure them in right tempt them to do something so have you guys ever heard the word gullible yeah like that right there see yeah i made you look okay gullible okay no, I'm just kidding. That was me. Gullible, well, enticing is the opposite. It's the other person. It's the person that's making you gullible, okay? The person that's making you look silly, okay? So this one, this person is a man of violence, of wrongdoing, of evil, and he says he's enticing his neighbor. He's trying to make him look like a fool, and he leads him in a way that is not good. The reality is that friends that you have that hate God's wisdom, reject it, and they encourage your sinful behavior and lead you down a path of doing wrong things, it's a bad place to be. All right? Our third one, our third mark of a bad friend, and we're going to get the good friends so that you know what to do, okay, is that they give bad counsel. So go back to Proverbs 12, and some of these we're going to come back and look again with the good friends because they kind of have both sides of it proverbs 12 verse 5 the thoughts of the righteous are just but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful okay so that second half the counsels of the wicked are deceitful somebody think through that one with me what does that, what does that make you think of what does that, what does that mean So the things that wicked say are trying to trick you, trying to, to make you think wrong things, okay? Okay, or it's just straight-up lies or just wrong things that they're saying. All right, what else? What does counsels mean? Anybody know? Advice, okay. Anybody have another word for that? Anything else? Counsels? Yeah, that's a good one. To giving advice, giving giving wisdom, the idea is actually setting a direction. It's like when you're steering a car or steering a boat, who decides which direction the boat is going? Well, whoever's holding on to the steering wheel or the big boat thing, whatever that's called, okay? Alright? So one person is setting the direction there. So when someone is giving you counsel, they're giving you a direction. Hey, I think you should go this way. I think you should walk down this path of life, okay? So, in this case, people that are, are evil and wicked, the counsels of the wicked, they're trying to give you a direction, but is the direction the right direction? No, it's deceitful. They're trying to trick you. It, it's fraud. They're telling you something that is wrong. Either they know is wrong or is just wrong in general. Okay, They're trying to lead you down a path that's not good for you. They give bad advice, bad counsel. All right, one more. Proverbs 15, verse 2. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. All right, so that second half, the mouth of fools spouts folly. What does that mean? What does that make you think of? Somebody up. Somebody over here. The mouth of fools spouts folly. It's all right, I'm patient. Or you can ask me a question. You can ask me what I think about it. I'm okay with that. The mouth of fools spouts folly. What do you think? Any thoughts? Okay. It's a good start. They don't have anything smart to say. Okay. So what do you think that word spouts means? That's a good place to start. Anybody? What's a spout when you think of it? Yeah, water coming out of a spout, okay? It's actually the other the other way, the natural spout, which is water coming up from a brook or a spring or like a geyser. Have you ever seen one of those geysers? You probably watch a YouTube video because that's how you all do things. And it's like, psh, water just comes up out of the ground, right? So the question is, can that geyser just decide, you know what, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not going to shoot water out of the ground. Can they just, just turn it off whenever they want? The answer is, mm. No, not really. Can a bubbling spring actually just decide to stop bubbling water out? answer is no. So when a, a fool is talking, what's going to come out? What is the natural result of what they are going to spout out? Nonsense. Folly. Foolishness. Foolish thoughts. You know what a fool does? He says things that are foolish. And you know what? He can't help it. So... If you are the kind of friend or you have the kind of friend who says things that are foolish and don't match up with what God wants us to think and do, and they just can't help themselves because that's what's coming out of them, that's a problem, right? A fool is someone who gives bad counsel because they don't have any other option, okay? All right, let's keep going. Number four, D, selfish and greedy. A bad friend is someone who's selfish and greedy. Uh, Proverbs 19 Proverbs 19 we're going to look at 2 verses in Proverbs 19 All right. Somebody want to read this out loud for me? Is anyone brave enough to read out loud a verse? William, go for it. Proverbs 19 verse 4. Read aloud. Wealth adds many friends. What do you think that means? Who said that? Having a lot of money does what? More people are attracted to you when you have lots of money. The question is, why? Why are people attracted to you when you have lots of money? Oh, they need cash. You have cash. (laughs) We should be friends, right? Right? How about that? It's like it's like we were made for each other. You have money, I don't have money. This this works out. We should be friends, right? But you know what's interesting? Matthew Henry, one of the commentators, he says, "It'll get you many friends who pretend to love you, but really they love what you have or actually they love themselves." So the question is, are those good friends who are just your friends because you have money or because you have an Xbox? or, you know, maybe someday when you have a car and you be like, oh man, we should be friends you could like drive me places is that really what a good friend is about? no, sorry Matt but thanks for driving me anyway alright, one more 19 verse 6 many will seek the favor of a generous man and every man is a friend to him who gives gifts what's that mean? similar to what we just talked about but anything different in there? What do you think? 19 verse 6. What do you think that means? Mm-hmm. Ooh, is it different? That's fun. Many will seek the favor of a generous man, and every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 that's exactly, that's, that's the idea here, right? What do you got? Yeah, uh, hey man, if everybody knows that being your friend, you're going to get awesome Christmas gifts and they're just going to like hand you stuff all the time, um, well, everyone's going to be that guy's friend, right? He's awesome. He gives people stuff. This dude just shows up and just hands out candy bars to everybody. Hey, we should be friends, right? That's a cool thing. But the question is, what if you are only that person's friend so that you can get all their stuff? Good idea, bad idea? Bad idea, right? A bad friend is someone who's just greedy. But what's interesting, and I like this from Matthew Henry, he says, How earnest we should be for God's favor, which is far beyond that of any earthly prince, right? Don't, don't just seek the favor of someone who gives you stuff on this earth, in this life. Don't just seek after things that people will give you. How about you seek to please God so that you can have all the rewards that he has for us, right? All right, number five, we're moving through. Hateful and inconsiderate. Okay, E is hateful and inconsiderate. A bad friend is hateful and inconsiderate. So Proverbs 14, turn to that one. going to start moving through these. Proverbs 14, verse 20. The poor is hated even by his neighbor. The poor is hated even by his neighbor. What do you think that means? What about if you don't like people, you hate other people simply based on something external about them? Doesn't matter who they are, what they're like, anything else. Doesn't matter that we used to be friends. It says they're hated by their neighbor. That neighbor can be the word for friends. So it's probably they used to be friends, and then this guy lost all his money, and now I don't like him anymore. Hmm. A bad friend is someone who hates other people based on external factors, okay? Flip over. Let's do one more here. Um, well, no, we're going to do two because I like these. Proverbs 27. Okay? Proverbs 27. This is the inconsiderate part. Somebody tell me what inconsiderate means. Yeah, they don't care. They're, they're not kind to other people. They're not considering other people's needs, right? Proverbs 27, verse 14. Huh, This is a fun one. Ready? He who blesses his friend... With a loud voice early in the morning, it will be reckoned a curse to him. What does that mean? Don't go yelling early in the morning? Is that what I heard? Something like that? Okay. Alright. What's your name again? Ryan? Okay, cool. So, let's pretend that it was like 4 o'clock this morning and Ryan was asleep. And I came up and I was like, Ryan, you are the best man I have ever seen in my life. You are awesome, and you are my favorite. And it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and he is trying to sleep. Would he feel like that was a compliment or an insult? Yeah. Yeah, right? See, like now I'm insulting a whole cabin worth of people because he is my favorite person, and I am trying to tell him and praise him, and it's almost like it matters not only what you say, but when you say it and how you say it, right? You see, a bad friend is someone who is inconsiderate. They don't care about your needs. They care about doing what they want to do. See that? sure that the things that you're saying match the situation you're in, right? You want to be caring about other people's needs and desires and not your own, right? That's the idea. All right, one more, Proverbs 25, just back a page, Proverbs 25, verse 17, here we go, you ready? Let your foot rarely be in your neighbor's house, or he will become weary of you and hate you. What does that sound like? Stay. you're welcome yep wear out your welcome okay uh look at the verse before that 25 or 16 have you found honey eat only what you need that you not have it in excess and vomit it so what happens if you have candy like so much candy and it's delicious and it's so delicious and you eat bowls and bowls and bowls of it is that going to be good for you Mm, probably not who's gonna have to clean up after you okay but here's the deal the same thing when you're hanging out at somebody else's house too much. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Okay? And so when we're talking about interacting with friends and being a good friend and a bad friend, a good friend is someone who knows when it's time to leave. A bad friend is someone who overstays their welcome. And they're just like knocking on your door. Hey, want to play Fortnite again? Want to play Fortnite again? Want to play? Want to play? Hey, hey. Oh, you're not going to be here? Well, can I come in and play on know, It's like, no, no, no get out, go home, go find someone else to be friends with, okay? A bad friend is someone who wears out their welcome, all right? So, uh, Matthew Henry here, it's wisdom and good manners not to be troublesome to our friends, not to visit too often, not to stay too long, nor contrive to come when it's only mealtime. You ever had a friend like that? They always show up when the pizza does. Interesting. Nor to interest yourself in the affairs of their families, Otherwise, we make ourselves mean and burdensome. Okay? It's a bad friend who comes and just kind of wears out their welcome and takes over your own house. Right? And then he says, how much better a friend than is God than any other friend? Because we don't ever have to leave his house. Okay? Number six. Bad friend is someone who is flattering, deceitful, and dishonest. Flattering, deceitful, and dishonest. So, Proverbs 27 Proverbs 27, Proverbs 27, Proverbs 27, got it? I know, you guys are like, we've turned so much. Don't worry, we're only halfway through. Here we go. Second half will be quick, I promise. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Oh, but listen to this. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Somebody tell me what that means. First of all, we are not talking about kissing on church camps, so stop that. When Judas came up, he gave a regular greeting to Jesus, even though, why was he there? Was he there because he was Jesus' friend? He was there to betray him, to give him over to the authorities, right? Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. The question is, if someone gives you good things, and they always act like everything's okay, but they're actually not your friend, is that a good thing? They're actually your enemy? No. They're just kind of putting on this facade, this... This air in, in front so that you don't know what's really going on. Okay? I'm going to read you one more. Proverbs 6.19, a false witness who utters lies. A false witness who utters lies. Matthew Henry says, false witness bearing is one of the greatest mischiefs that the wicked can devise. Did you know that lying about your friends and saying things that are wrong, that is evil? That's wrong. That's sin before God. All right. Let's do one more here, Proverbs 25, 18. You guys are going to like this one. At least some of you guys will, okay? Proverbs 25, 18. Somebody want to read this one? Anybody? 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 You going to make me do it again? All right, William, go for it. Yeah, somebody tell me what you think that means. Say say that again. Lying just to get someone in trouble. Okay, yep. Mm, Okay, lying about your friend is like stabbing them in the back. Yeah, so my question is, if you had a club and a sword and a sharp arrow, what do those things normally do to people? Yeah, they hurt, right? They kill people. They take away their life. Did you know that your words are dangerous and the way that you use them matters? And if you're going to be someone who is lying and bearing false witness about your friend and your neighbor, depending on what you say and when you say it, you can ruin someone's life forever. A bad friend is someone who doesn't care who they're lying about or when. Okay? Now, Let's jump over. Matt, can you put up the good friends? And I think you might you might see something interesting here. Because if a bad friend rejects God's wisdom, a good friend what? They love God's wisdom. A bad friend encourages sinful behavior. A good friend encourages righteous behavior. So on and so forth. These are opposites, right? You want to be a good friend. You want to be someone who does the right thing. So let's look at these a couple of these real quick. Um, Proverbs 7, verse 4 going to look at one each and then we'll we'll go through okay Proverbs 7 verse 4 and then I've got a couple comments I need to make at the end Proverbs 7 verse 4 say to wisdom you are my sister and call understanding your intimate friend what do you think that means them like it's a good thing yeah that's a great way to say it know it like it's your best friend this word sister here sometimes in the bible that sister word is kind of the word for best friend okay it's like the person that knows you the best okay some of you guys have a sister that you talk to that's a good thing some of you are like sisters thanks all right don't do that be nice to your sisters. but here's the deal Wisdom, you are my sister, and understanding your intimate friend. Who's the one that you should keep as close as possible? It's the wisdom what God has given us in His Word. You should want wisdom to be the closest thing to you, the thing that you know the best and knows you the best. So, what does a good friend look like? It's someone who loves what God says, who loves God's wisdom and keeps it close to them. Okay? Number two. A good friend encourages righteous behavior. You remember that Proverbs thirteen twenty we talked about? He who walks with wise men will be wise. It's almost like hanging out with people who are wise will make you wise. It's like they're a good influence on you. It's like they're encouraging your righteous behavior, right? Or, this is a good one. Remember we talked about the righteous is a guide to his neighbor? What does that make you think of? The righteous is a guide to his neighbor.
1: Hmm?
0: yeah yeah don't give them directions that lead them astray rather a righteous is a guide to them have you ever had a guide anywhere do i know what that means anybody anybody Because you've never been there before, so you need a tour guide, someone who's going to walk you around and show you where to go. Now, a guide here, it's someone who has spied it out. It's the person who's already been where you're going. They're looking for, they already know where to go, they know where the path is going, and so they're going to help someone else go down that same path. That's why it's really good to have a good friend who's a little bit older than you, or a little bit more experienced, so that they can say, Oh man, I know exactly what you mean, I've done that before, I've been in that situation before. And they can walk you through how to do that right alright number three so if a bad friend gives bad counsel what should a good friend do they should give wise counsel okay Uh, turn to Proverbs 15 Proverbs 15 Proverbs 15 verse 2 and I'm going to ask you guys to give me an example a real life example of how this might look okay Proverbs 15, verse 2. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. What does that mean? Thoughts? The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. Okay? Okay, so they make sure that what they speak is right. That's, a, that's good. What else? tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. Other people want to know the stuff that you know, too. Have you ever had this happen where you're sitting and you were listening to, like, one of Pastor Dusty's sermons or something, and you got out of it and you're like, I don't know what any of that was. And then your friend or your brother and sister or your mom or somebody was like, hey, did you hear when Pastor Dusty said this thing? Wasn't that so cool? And suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that is kind of cool, right? Someone who's a good friend who speaks wisdom And they make that wisdom look good to you, right? So you want to have a good friend. Oh, and by the way, you want to be a good friend so that when you talk about things and you talk about the Bible and you talk about what God says, you're making that look good to other people too, right? You're giving wise counsel because you're saying, hey, this is what the Bible says and this is the right answer. People say, oh, you're right. That's exactly what I need. All right. Number four, if a bad friend is selfish and greedy, what should a good friend be? Gracious and generous, all right? Now we talked about that verse in Proverbs 19 about how everyone wants to hang out with a generous guy and a guy that gives gifts. On the one hand, that's a bad thing, right? If you're only wanting to be a friend with somebody because he gives you stuff, that's not good. That's a bad friend. But it also says that everyone wants to hang out with a guy that is generous and gives gifts. So what does that mean? What's a way that you could actually be a good friend? You could be the guy that's generous and giving gifts, right? It's amazing what happens if you are kind and you share what you have with other people. It doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money and giving everything you have away. But hey, hey, I've got a candy bar. You want half of it? Boom. We're buddies now, right? Sharing what you have and being generous with what you have is a good thing and is kind, okay? Remember that verse about the poor is hated by his neighbor? You know what the other one says? It says, those who love the rich are many. Everybody wants to be friends with the rich guy, but guess what? The rich guy has friends. It's amazing what happens when you're willing to be generous and kind with what you have, okay? Or, this is a good one. This is even better. Better than just being rich? Proverbs 14, 21, happy is he who is gracious to the poor. What do you think that means? Happy is he who is gracious to the poor. Yes. Giving brings joy to the giver. Anybody want to add to that? Happy is he who is gracious to the poor. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you're gracious to someone who you know can't actually return the favor. Right? Someone who is gracious to the poor, who they know is not going to be able to do anything back for them. It says they're happy. Blessed. They are feeling good because they were able to do something kind for someone else. A good friend. Is someone who is gracious and generous to their friends, even when they know their friends may not do anything back for them. That's what shows what a good friend is. Okay. Number five, if a bad friend is hateful and inconsiderate, a good friend is someone who's loving and loyal. All right. These are ones we got to read. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. You might actually know this one by heart. Anybody want to quote Proverbs seventeen seventeen? Hmm. I bet you could do it if I didn't put you on the spot. Okay. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves when? At all times, and a brother is born for adversity. What do we think this means? You guys are doing so good. You are killing it this morning. Help me out. Okay, that's a great way to say it. A good friend is going to stick through with you. Now, it says a friend loves when? At all times. So is a friend going to love you when everything's going great? Yeah. Is a friend, a good friend, going to love you even when everything's not going great? Yeah. How do you know if that someone is a real friend? Well, when everything's not going great, are they still around? Right? It says a brother is born for adversity. Right. There is uh, being a good friend, being like a brother or sister to somebody, means that even when it gets hard, even when their life is hard, even when your life is hard, even when your lives are hard together, you're still friends. Right? What do you got? Oh, are they now? Little brothers are born for your adversity. But the, and big brothers. It's, it's amazing how brothers are born for adversity. What is going to be great is even when you don't like each other, you know what? You're still brothers. Amazing. How about that? A friend loves at all times. Oh, 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 gotcha. A friend loves at all times. All right. Here's another one. I'm just going to read it. You guys know this one. A man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, that sticks closer. That's the idea of, have you guys ever seen a picture of, like, scale armor? Okay, that the knights would wear, and all the scales are linked together, and they're really close. And can you put an arrow or anything in between the scales? No, otherwise the armor would not be very helpful, right? It would just be like having big rings where they could shoot through, okay? But they're so tightly woven, they're stuck so close together that you can't get through them. That's the idea here. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother, okay? This is another one. This is good. I want you to actually turn, look at this one with me, because this one's good to think through, okay? Proverbs 27, Proverbs 27, verse 10. 27, verse 10. It says, Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. And do not go to your brother's house in the day of calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother far away. Now, let's just look at that that second half. Don't go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. What does that mean? So having a good relationship with someone, even if they're not your blood relative, is a good relationship is valuable to have, right? That's good. What else? A neighbor nearer than a brother far away. Let me give you a really practical example. You guys know a couple weeks ago when everything froze up and it was super cold and all the pipes were frozen and, and water wouldn't come out of the tap, right? So let's pretend I had a pipe freeze, which I did. Let's pretend that it burst, which it didn't, thank the Lord. And let's pretend that my brother, who is William's dad, Kate's dad, he lives about 15 minutes away from me. Well, let's suppose that the water in my house burst and there was water running all over the floor. Well, do you think my brother loves me? Would he come over and help me take care of my house? Yeah, of course he would. He is 15 minutes away. Now, what do you think about my neighbor, Barry, who lives next door to me? Do you think if he noticed that my water was running and he could call me first, do you think I would appreciate that? Do you think I would rather Barry start to help me than my brother start to help me? Maybe. Why? Because he's right there. So, to put it back in your perspective, right, what you were saying, having someone who is a really good friend who you can rely on, who's right next to you all the time, who's living the same life you are, that's even better than someone who loves you who is far away and distant and inaccessible. Having a friend around you, now let's say that I was in my house and I had never met my neighbor Barry. I didn't know him. He would never look look to me. He wouldn't talk to me. He would never check on my house no matter what. Is that a problem? Yeah, now the closest friend I have is 15 minutes away where my brother is. It's good to build relationships with people who are in the same life that you are, okay? All right, so the last one. If a bad friend is flattering and dishonest, a good friend is true and honest, okay? Let's go to Proverbs 11:13. We just got a couple left. Proverbs 11:13 Somebody want to read this one? Do it. All right. So what does that first one make you think of? A talebearer reveals secrets. What does that sound like? Yeah, tattletale. What else? Yeah, you're like, hey, I have a secret to tell you. And you tell them, and suddenly, everybody knows. And you're like, apparently that was not a secret, right? Okay, what's the second part? It says, a tailbearer goes about revealing secrets, but he who's trustworthy, what do they do? They keep a secret. They conceal a matter. It's actually funny. The two words are opposites, right? It says, one person reveals, they uncover something that you were trying to hide. They take the, take the lid off of it. The other person covers it up when you want it to be kept secret, right? A good friend is, guess what? Trustworthy. That means when someone tells you something that you're supposed to keep in confidence, assuming that it's not going to hurt them or someone else, you keep it to yourself, right? If it's necessary, you might tell your mom or dad or tell a youth leader or something, right? You're not just going to go tell everybody else. Important that someone who is trustworthy would be a good friend, right? All right, let's do one more. 27-17. 2717 I bet you guys know this one too somebody gonna read this one iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another when it says iron sharpens iron what do you think that what does that make you think of sharpening a knife Anything else? A sword? Yeah, so when you were going out to battle, did you want to have a big, long sword that was not sharp? Would that be helpful to you? Probably not, unless you were just going to beat them with it, okay? It's not helpful, all right? So what do you need? You need another piece of metal that's similar to this one so that when they work together, they can make each other sharp, okay? Kind of like when you have a really good friend and you can interact and you can have conversations And the more that you work together, you can actually make each other better. You can make each other smarter. You can make each other wiser in the way that you live your life because you're actually helping each other get better, okay? So when we're talking about someone being true and honest, is someone who is willing to talk to you enough to make you better, is that someone that's just going to tell you, you know what, you are perfect the way you are. I wouldn't change anything. You don't need to grow in anything. You are, like, perfectly mature. Is that the kind of friend you want? Uh, No, because they're lying to you, first of all. But how about a friend that's like, hey, how are you doing? This is something I want to work on to be a better Christian. What's something you want to work on? And let's talk about it and help each other learn and grow and be accountable. Does that sound like a good friend? Someone who wants you to be better? Someone who wants you to honor the Lord more? Sounds pretty good to me. All right. Now let's let's look over this. And you're going to talk about this in your small group. But we have a whole list of things what a bad friend is like. We have a whole list of things what a good friend is like. So the question is, and I'm not going to ask you to answer in front of all your friends, is if you had to choose one of those and you had to put a lot of money down on it, which one do you think you are? Are you a good friend who's true and onerous and generous and loves what God has to say? Or are you a bad friend who's pretty much just out for what you can get from other people? Okay, that's something you need to think about. So the other thing I want you to think about is when you think about the friends that you have, now, I don't want you to do this in a mean way, but when you think about the kinds of people that you hang out with, are they people that make you think this thing about them, or are they people that make you want to be this kind of friend, and are they this kind of friend to you? It's amazing what happens when you're around someone and they're really generous. Does that make you want to do? makes you want to be generous back, right? If someone is really kind and gracious, it's hard for you to be mean to them. makes you want to be kind and gracious back. Are the friends that you have being a good influence on you or not. Now I'm going to say one more thing, and this is what you thought we were going to talk about for Relationships 101, and here's all you're going to get from me. Ready? Someday, a few of you are older in high school. How many in high school are you? All right, anybody in 12th grade? Anybody in 11th grade? Okay, so a couple of you are soon to be in an age where you could legally get married. Okay? Some of you have a few years to wait. Once you are there where you might legally get married, you might want to date someone to find out if you want to marry them. So my question to you is, what kind of person should you want to marry? Someone who rejects God's wisdom and encourages you to sin? And by the way, dating, that has a real opportunity for you to either help each other be more like Jesus or help each other learn how to sin. you got to be careful. So do you want to be with somebody who does all these things? Or do you want to look for someone who is actually a really good friend and then say, hey, you want to be friends forever? Maybe so. Interesting how that works, right? So, the question is, if someone isn't a good friend, do you think that person might be a good boyfriend and girlfriend, or husband and wife? The answer is, probably not. How about you really look for someone who's a good friend in general and say, hey, we should do this more often, okay? Pretty interesting. All right, any questions about being a good friend or a bad friend? Anybody want to call out their friend right now? Don't do it. It's not being a good friend. All right, let me pray for you guys. We'll go to small groups. God, thank you very much for your kindness and grace. Thank you for this trip. Thank you how much we've learned about having a good relationship with you and how we can, we can uh, just be humble and repent and come to you in faith and you'll save us and you provided Jesus for that. Thank you for what we learned about our parents last night, how... How we ought to honor them and obey them while we're in the home and, and care for them well. And we pray that those things would be true. And we thank you for today as we study through Proverbs and all the things that a good friend looks like and a bad friend looks like. And I pray for these these students and kids here that they would work really hard that they would want to be a good friend and they would want to be a good influence on others and not be the kind of friend who, who turns someone aside and leads them astray into bad things and things that dishonor you. We thank you for the time we've had. We pray all this in your name. Amen.